This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week, we bring you a new idea, however big or bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host, our dad, Ryan Scott. Welcome back and welcome to episode 2.9. Um, this is going to be a super special episode for for various reasons, one of which um, I get to a talk to an old friend of mine. So, you know, I'm sure this is going to be a great episode. I'm sure there will be some laughter involved. Um, but also, this is the episode where I kind of kind of went against. Um, so like this is the first product that I have ever kind of talked about on the podcast. Not that that's a bad thing. Um, I just haven't done it yet. And so this is like the first time where um, you are listening to this episode and you are literally going to be able to walk away um, knowing exactly what you need to do to, um, I guess, get this idea rolling. And so without further ado, I have got actually an old friend of mine. I had the pleasure of working with this young lady. Uh, She was a chem genius at our high school. And uh, so I'm going to welcome Miss Linda Detweiler. First and foremost, she is a mama. She is a former high school chem and physics teacher and now the customer success manager at Pivot Interactives. When she's not running PD or writing a blog, you can find her on one of many science teacher Facebook groups, helping teachers however they need it. And so uh, my girl, Linda, welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited. I remember when you started this podcast and now look at you, you're on the second season. Yeah. You know, our little boys learning the walk. I know. He's so big now. (laughs) So Linda, like, um, welcome. Like, this is really cool that we get to talk. Um, I know we worked in the same building for several years. We, we, um, fell in love with the same types of kids and uh, now I get to have you on this thing and you get to talk about how life is pretty awesome right now. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, no. it, it is pretty awesome. I do miss my babies. Like, Absolutely. I still talk to a lot of them. And I got to say, that is the nicest thing about technology is that even though I'm not in the building anymore, one, I still get all the drama thanks to Facebook. <laughs> and two... <laughs> I can still text all of them. I get emails. I get updates. They're right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And that's so the mark of a good teacher. You that still is the have mark. those relationships even when you leave the classroom. And I that and, and I'll tell you, it was like the second day that we met. That's when I knew I was gonna like you because you like without any prompting, you brought up relationships. I'm like, oh yeah, this lady's a badass. Yeah, these are my babies. That's like, right. They're mine. <laughs> I will that's right. My that's right. That's right. Okay. So let's get uh, down to business. Are you ready? Yep. Let's do it. All right. So um, we were talking before I hit the record button and like literally Linda and I could talk for probably hours and never yeah. actually talk about what we're here to do. So I've got my notes and I'm going to stay beholden to my notes. I have mine. 
All right. Perfect. Okay. So the first thing that I always like to talk about for our listeners, um, just because honestly, I'm just a regular dude that started a podcast. Um, but I just, you know, bring up what's going on in my house. And so these recordings are made on Sunday evenings. And so this weekend, uh, my wife was out of town. She went to Wisconsin with some friends uh, for birthdays or something. So it was daddy daughter weekend, um, which means the girls could wear anything that they wanted. Didn't have to match. I don't care. Um, they could pretty much eat whatever they wanted. And we did. Um, we had a really good weekend, um, but, you know, they went grocery shopping with me, which is always interesting. Three kids at a grocery store. Um, oh, yeah. I don't you, end, <laughs> you end up spending like 50 bucks more than you wanted to just to keep them quiet, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, that's what's going on at my house. Linda, what's going get on Friday off too. Um, for everybody around here, we're all in neighboring districts. That's right. So I, my son is in the next door district for where he works. So we got Thursday and Friday off just Thursday. I think you, oh, y'all only got Thursday. What about your kids are in a whole nother district. Did they get yeah. both? No, they did not. They just got Thursday also. See, we got, I got the five o'clock in the morning phone call from Hopkins County going, there's no school today. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Great. No, no, so, we did not. We did not. Um, so Linda, what's going on at your house right now? Well, currently in the background, uh, my son is building with Legos, so I can hear the Duplos getting poured onto the floor <laughs> uh, as he's building Among Us characters and a gigantic Mario. And I was smart. We do not have any tiny Legos in my house. They are Instaband. Instead, it's only the full size Duplos because those are easier to see. Exactly what I quality. was saying. <laughs> Same yeah. building quality, half the broken foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody out there that has ever stepped on a Lego, you are feeling our pain right now. Um, yeah. That's like so much better. <laughs> only thing worse than that is labor. I, I hear. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty terrible. The only downside <laughs> is it's really hard to find colors of Duplos. So I have been on the hunt for gray Duplo blocks. Okay. And I'm about at the point where I'm going to custom order them. Okay. If I can even okay. do that. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. You might be able to. Um, okay. Linda, origin story. How did Oof. you get into education? I know you did it. You know, you were in the classroom for 10 years um as a pretty successful chemistry teacher and physics teacher um but how did education find linda detweiler i'm i grew up in a very very rough childhood very rough home uh was not a safe place and at a very young age i figured out that I got to school a lot earlier than most kids. And by a lot earlier, it was like 630 in the morning and school didn't start until almost eight. Right. And so I got bored and I started teaching Head Start students how to read when I was in the second grade. Oh, right on. And so uh, third grade came along. My third grade teacher, Linda Woodcock, best person I've ever had. She like picked me up and was like, you are going to be an amazing teacher one day. And I started learning how to lesson plan, how to manage a grade book, classroom management. At third grade? In third grade. Holy. Wow. So I had, this is like all third grade to fifth grade. I was with her uh, every day after school, grading papers, tutoring students, maintaining a grade book. I remember when the first grade book software came out, it was called Gradebook. 
Yes. And I yes. learned on Gradebook the yeah. software. Yeah. And then I had that. Middle school didn't uh, helped out a couple of teachers. High school, I found Cindy Holland, who is my chemistry and physics teacher, and uh, we just clicked. And so I worked with her all the way through high school, came back to, from college, worked with her all the way through college. And uh, I got picked up my senior year of high school to teach a college algebra course. And so here I am, high school senior, college freshman, and I am the student teacher for a college algebra course that was being run through this education grant from the US Department of Education. So I was doing ed research literally the day I turned 18. That's so cool. And I just got lucky hitting a whole bunch of different research grants and getting essentially full reign of college courses because the professors were like, yeah, you're my TA, go teach. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, so yeah. I taught all the way through college, got into high school and was like, this is nothing like I've been <laughs> doing before now. <laughs> But oh. I mean, I love teaching. And even though I'm not in the classroom anymore, I would say I'm still teaching. Every Absolutely. Day. Absolutely. Yeah. So you were okay. So what I have what I have found through, I don't know, almost 60, I guess, 60 episodes is that there's two types of teachers. There is the one like me that kind of stumbles into it. And then there are the linear people that like from the day their eyes, you know, fr from their very first memory. You know, Me. they pictured themselves as a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And so you're one of those linear people. Awesome. Yep. Very I, cool. from the moment I started, it was Linda's going to be a really great teacher one day. And every single person along the path that had that opportunity was like, hey, you're going to be a really great teacher one day. Let me show you how to be even better. Like imagine oh, having oh. 12 years of teaching school of just people coming through and mentoring you and being like, you're gonna be a really good teacher because this year we're gonna focus on standards. How do you break yeah. down a standard? A whole year. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. So, okay. So, okay, so side, side story, side conversation, and then we'll get to this next one, I promise. Um, so you, you know, some of my listeners, if, if they've listened to a couple more of these episodes, they know that I'm in the middle of writing a book um, and the book is all about hope and the, the book is all about using the um, study of hope, hope theory, um, mm -hmm. how we can bring that into the education system to kind of overcome her, uh, learned helplessness, learned hopelessness, uh, counteract some of that stuff, which I think will close the low and um, the low and high socioeconomic academic gap. Um, yeah. But I very much see you as one of these kids that I have been reading about that um, probably, probably, I'm just guessing, probably had a, a high A score. Um, but Absolutely. One of, yep. But one of the best mitigating factors is a high hope score. And there's three things that go into building hope. And it yep. is goal setting. Mm -hmm. pathways so how are you essentially you have a plan to reach those goals and then the third piece is agency which can either be outside agency or inside agency and what i'm hearing linda is that all these people like because you kept throwing out all these adults like yeah. it sounds like teachers carried not maybe not the words carried maybe just held your hand along 
alongside you as you met those guys. And it wasn't even necessarily holding my hand. It was, they weren't pushing me backwards. Sure, sure. Like my goal, absolutely. My goal was to survive and escape. Yep. All the way through my schooling. When I was in elementary, sometime kindergarten, first grade, I remember being told about college. College was this place far, far away from home that you go to yep. as an adult and you go to college for a better life. I didn't know what happened at college. I had no idea <laughs> what college was. It was just like college is this magical place on the on the it's other the end Emerald of the city. hill. Yeah. And it was you go to college and get a better life. I was like, deal. So I remember being incredibly young, like my son's age. He's in first grade. If you'd asked me, what is your plan for life? I'm going to go to college and have a better life. The end. Yep. My entire pathway was just, I'm going to go to college and have a better life. Yep. 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 And it was adults along the way who I went. Hope. Let's let's do this. Let's put this piece in there. Let's put this piece in there. And it wasn't that anybody was like a super champion up until I had Cindy. I'm still really close with Cindy and Linda. So my Linda Woodcock from third grade and my Cindy, I'm still very close with majority of my other teachers, probably not as much, but with like rare occasion, most of my teachers were like, Hey, I'm not here to make your life worse. Sure. But if I can make it a little bit better, absolutely let's do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, there are times where like looking back on it as an educator, it really bothers me how some of my teachers acted because I'm like, I know about mandatory reporter laws and stuff like that now. And I'm like, sure. why didn't anybody report these things? Why didn't anybody say anything? Like yep. see something, say something. Yep. But at the same time, it's one of those, I know that I am in the place I am now because I learned adversity and how to get through it and that grit perseverance that Absolutely. we want our kids to learn. Absolutely. And it's Goose so bumps. funny because I'm like, grit's one of those things I don't think that you can necessarily, it's not something that you can teach in a lesson plan. Sure. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's that, um, I almost it's say this. that you have. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely... It's my concept, psychology before pedagogy. You know, yeah. you got you got to have that psychology. You got to have that inner. I don't know. And I think you also have to have the relationship with the teacher to say, "Hey, I need help." Sure. Because so much of it is being able to ask for help when you need it, and to also be told no when you don't need it. Sure. And to have that relationship with a teacher that's willing to say, "Like, you do honestly need this help right now." And actually, you would be better off if I don't help you right now. If you learn to overcome this on your own. Yep. Amen, sister. All right. All right. So let's bring it back. Um, gosh, we could talk about that. That's obviously that's something... we could. That, well, the nice thing is that is my goal today is to talk about equity. So, I mean, I'm all about okay. this. We can, right, then we'll get we back can continue down this rabbit all hole. Right. All right. All right. All right. No, before we do that, we've got to do the two for two because I've I'm yep. genuinely I've got some questions for you that I want to know more about Linda. So my first oh. question is, what is your most prized possession? Oh, most prized possession. All right. So I played semi pro magic all the way through college, um, paid my bills playing magic the gathering. It was a fun time of my life. I traveled the country playing magic. 
Um, I, uh, like my commander deck that I have is completed. It's almost completely foiled out. And for anybody that's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have about 10 grand in cardboard pieces of paper inside my, inside that one deck. Like that deck is worth more than just about everything in this household. Hey, you better have a safe. (laughs) Um, so like I put a lot of money into magic more than I probably should. Right. Okay. 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 Um, so my most prized possession, I have got a banjo that was my grandfather's. Um, and when I looked it up, it was made in 1898. And so Ooh. it's got like, yeah, it's got like real ivory and um, some pretty intricate um, work on it. And it's, it's, yeah, it's worth a lot. I need to get it refinished. But when I looked at how much it was going to cost to take it to Nashville and have it refinished, um, I'll do that later. That's going to be. Yeah, not on a teacher salary. Let me tell you mm-hmm. that right now. <laughs> no, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. All right, my friend Linda, you've talked about. Actually, I'm I'm changing this because I was going to ask you one person that helped you get to where you are. You've already talked mm-hmm. about those. Um, so yeah. instead of that, let's do the <sighs> let's do the question. If you could go anywhere right now, drop everything. Um, anywhere and live, let's say for a year, where would you want to live on earth for a year? I was just talking about this with my partner. All right. So, um, reading the news every day, there is a cruise that has just been announced. That is a 300 day around the world cruise. It is like $65,000 for the year. And in my head, I'm like, I could do that. Yeah. Like, I make enough money now that I could live off of a cruise ship, not pay rent, not pay, like put everything else on hold, sell my car, sell all my possessions and live on a cruise ship and take my son and cruise the world for a year. Like I would homeschool my child for a year so that he could go through the entire world. Like that sounds like so much fun and such an amazing opportunity for my kid to learn. Like, forget learning about Egyptians from a book. Let's just go to Egypt. Yeah. Let's just go. And like, you want to talk about learning where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I'm going to do so much science on a boat. So maybe, maybe, maybe this is so obvious to you that you just didn't see it, but you know, you telework. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) which is really funny. Um, cause I would still work on the entire. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I actually travel a lot because I telework. Um, I was in Nashville last week. I'm going to be in Arkansas next week. I was in North Carolina just a few weeks ago. I like, I'm always traveling. And one of the bonuses of my job is that I just pick up this computer and go. Now, the funny thing is, though, I travel with the whole setup that you don't see here. So the mic, the stand, the fan, the TV, you got a suitcase for your other stuff. Yeah. Like, this fills a car. (laughs) I take it all. It always looks funny when you walk into the hotel room with a full additional television and they're looking at you like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I work. I probably don't worry about this it. Is normal. Don't worry <laughs> about it. I paid the, I paid the bill. I'm like, I'm exactly. going to stay. All right, Linda, what questions you got for me? All right. First one, favorite school snack. Like what's your go-to snack for when you're in the building? Oh, gosh. 
when I'm in the building, my go-to snack. Uh, so I always have licorice, but I try not to eat that. Um, my go-to snack is probably just, I always have like protein bars. Mm. I used to have drawers of those. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause I know when you left, you gave me them all. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they lasted, they lasted a couple weeks. So I appreciate that. I mean, you want to talk about there's a store not far from us that sells protein bars. They're like 10 for a dollar. And when you have a hungry kid, a protein bar goes a long way. Sure. And I would fill grocery bags for 30 bucks and pour them into the drawers in the classroom. And the kids wipe me out every single week. Yep. And I so go awesome. back every Saturday. That poor Amish couple probably <laughs> thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your next question? All right. The other one, what is the greatest lesson a student has ever taught you? Greatest lesson a student has ever taught me. Okay, so the one that pops off. So I had a student last year, um, you know, one of my loves is seeing kids overcome adversity graduate when other people said there's no way they would do it um and this one one young lady was working literally coming to school going home working five six hours um every night like seven days a week like two different jobs because dad um for better words was a drug addict and was unable to work. And so it was dad and daughter and daughter was supporting dad and going to school. And uh, I'll tell you that hug she gave me when she graduated was pretty freaking awesome. Um, and it, it just, it just taught me. Maybe it's something I always knew, but I think it cemented don't give up on kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. I, I can, probably still name every child that i ever looked at and went i don't know that i can help you ever, anymore sure and i it is the it was the most heart-wrenching part of the job is that there are sometimes that there are students that you just can't help anymore yeah. yeah and you just have to pray that the next person who finds them can and you do everything in your power to find that person that can help that kid yep, yep. and sometimes that person isn't within the school building yeah sure. and you've you search the community, you look for everything. And it's amazing because I'm pretty sure I know the girl that you're talking about. <laughs> and <laughs> like those kids, they find their person. I, that's so important to me is that every kid should find their person in the building. Amen. Amen. And I, uh, I don't know how, you know, as a leader, one of the things we're supposed to do is get, get people to buy into that. And it's uh -huh. hard to get people to buy into that. Um, it was so funny. We did a we did a PD. I can't remember if it was at at our school or at a different one, uh, where they had all the names of the kids on sheets of paper around the room. They said, "Put a check mark next to the name if you know this kid." And so we went around and put check marks on there, and they collected all the papers at the end of the day and went, "Look, all of our kids have a person." Yeah, that meant nothing to me. What we should do is you put you sequester all the teachers in one room, and then put all the kids in the gym and say, you have an emergency right now. You need to go to your person. Yep. Go to that person's room and yep. release, let yep. them all go to that room and then find out who are the kids that don't have a room to go to. 
Because yep. some of those kids are going to go to a custodian. Yeah. They're oh, going to go yeah. to a secretary. They're going to go to the tech school. They're going to go to their chem teacher, their English teacher. Maybe they don't have a person and they rely on another student. And that student says, I see you don't have a person, but my person's pretty freaking awesome. So come right. with me. Right. Because we're going to find the kids that way that need a person. Those are the kids I want to know. Those yeah. are the kids that I need to know everything about them because yeah. those are the babies that need us the most. That's exactly right. The ones those are the that ones sit I worry about. Yep, that's yep. the ones I worry about. Yep. All right, Miss Linda, let's dig deep into uh, this podcast and the name of the game, uh, which oh. is to connect the vision of one with the passion of another. Um, and so before we can get into what your vision is or what your big idea is, we've got to talk about um, you know, the problem. So what is the problem that your idea kind of brings to the table and tries to help alleviate? The problem is the same one that I had. It's equity. Yeah. 110%. It is making education accessible to every student, no matter what. Like I started as a physics teacher at Webco. I had not taught physics before a day in my life. I remember when the principal came to me and said, Linda, you're going to teach physics. I was like, that's a bad idea, boss. <laughs> you don't want me to do that. That's a really bad idea. I had no idea what I was doing. I feel awful for the students that I had because they didn't get a full <laughs> physics education. But it was one of those things like, I didn't know what challenges my kids were going to face. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the content. I could build connections. I can build personal connections all day long, but I can't yeah. connect to a content that I don't know. Yeah. So I wanted to make my classroom accessible to not only my students, but to me. And then as I learned how to be a better physics teacher, I found out that I'm not the only teacher like this, that there are literally countless teachers who are the I was the biology teacher and now I'm teaching physics or I was the English yeah. teacher and now I'm teaching yeah. chemistry. That's the state of the game. You're right. And so I wanted like my whole purpose was let's make our classroom more accessible to everybody who has a stake in the game. Yep. Not just the kids, but the teachers too. Like, let's make sure that there is an equitable playing field across the board. And so I started looking for online resources and I actually started building these year at a glances that I would share out teachers all over the world. And so I took all my lesson plans. I said, Hey, these are entirely free, accessible to anybody. It, they're not perfect, but they're better than zero. Sure. I will always be here to support you. Now I run like seven different Facebook groups with the same mentality of I'm by no means perfect, but I'm going to give you what I got and yep. you're probably going to build from there. Yeah. And yeah, so I, my question was, how do we make that same thing for students? How do we make our classrooms equitable to every single kid? Sure. Sure. Okay. So how do we do it? Go ahead. So my thing is, I feel like in education, we have this dichotomy between equity and equality. For so long, we've spent so much time focusing on equality. We want our classrooms to be equal, equal for everybody. But the problem is not equality. It is equity. And how do we do that? The common answer to that are accommodations. Well, we'll just give this kid an IP. We'll just give this kid a 504. 
people don't know this. I had an IEP entire time I was in school and a 504 entire time in school. I'm blind as a bat. You cannot sit <laughs> me in the back of the classroom. I can't see your face <laughs> if you do that, let alone what you write on the board. But I had an IEP and I was almost held back in fourth grade because I failed the Florida writing exam and it was required for graduation. I failed the Florida writing exam, fourth grade, seventh grade, and 11th grade. I mm-hmm. almost failed the ACT writing exam. You needed a 6.5, I got a 6.5. Same year I passed the AP lit exam. So how does, it, yeah. how does that happen? No idea. <laughs> okay. I have, was fine at writing. I just couldn't write like Florida wanted me to. Sure, sure. But I was given an IEP and they were like, oh, well, Linda has an IEP problem solved. Check. She has an IEP. It says that she doesn't need to be, she doesn't need to write. So it lowers the expectations. Instead of helping me to meet the goal, we instantly changed the goal out the gate and said, you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to take this challenge, crumple it up and toss it because you can't ever meet that challenge. The problem wasn't that I couldn't meet the challenge. It's that my teachers were not able to support me to meet that challenge. Equity is all about supporting our students to meet the challenges. I think that we should almost never change the challenge unless there's a physical barrier that stops that student. Like if you can't walk and the challenge is to run two miles, it seems really stupid to ask you to run two miles. But if the question is, well, this student can't read, therefore we can't let them, we can't have them read Shakespeare. Okay, well then how do we help them to read Shakespeare? How do we make Shakespeare more accessible to these students? What supports can we provide? And we should, our primary goal should always be to support the student to meet the challenge. And through all the supports available, if we can't, if we can't help that student, then and only then should we adjust the challenge to meet the student. But primarily our goal should always be to raise students up to meet those challenges. Yeah, yeah. Because every time you do that, they're gonna get a little bit better. And eventually they won't need as much support. Instead of telling that high schooler, you can't read, so you're never gonna be able to read. Let's just teach them to read. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. crack out a phonics book and let's go like i've got them i know i did too (laughs) like it just it blew my mind when i'd meet these high schoolers and they're like i can't read okay let's learn to read well i was told i can't read yeah yes you can yes you can absolutely i can teach anybody to read i i promise you can learn to read i promise you i can teach anybody but that's the problem the problem is so many people for so long said I can't support you. I cannot teach you to read. And therefore we need to make it so that you don't need to read. So many people look at it and say, I can't support you. So we have to change the challenge. It's not because a student can't do it. It's because we as teachers don't have the mental bandwidth to support every student. That's a whole nother problem. That's right. That's right. I see exactly why that band aid is there. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's the best solution. Yeah. Yeah. And then so ergo, how do we make it? How do we do it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then so that's kind of where I'm at now is my goal is to make science equitable is okay. to make access to quality education, quality science 
equitable no matter where you are in this world what materials you've got in your classroom who is teaching your course i want good science to be accessible to every single student on this planet and so that's why i do what i do i share my lesson plans for free because i don't think the fact that you were a high school english teacher and now you're the high school physics teacher <laughs> should matter like so so that kind of so that's kind of i want to talk about this i want to reflect on this because you know again there's two types or there's two um camps in education there's the camp that is completely against scripted curriculum or some type of curriculum and then there's the the camp that's completely for scripted curriculum and See, I'm almost like a halfway point. Yeah. Because I have a year at a glance. Like, we're near Indiana. Indiana just passed that law that you have to have your year lesson plans. And I'm like, all right, bet. Here you go. Yeah, here you go. I've had my lesson plans. Like, I can remember you coming to me. Hey, Detweiler, you need to turn in your lesson plans. Done. Day one. Yep. Here you yep. go. Leave yep. me alone. Yep. But at and the same time you give me a scripted lesson plan and I'm going to chuck it out a window. Yeah. And, and, and maybe I'm, maybe it's not the, the, the scripted, not so much, but a framework to follow. That's um, the key. Yes. I think that's the way to do it. Absolutely. Because you need a plan. I remember teaching with a teacher early in my career and she was very big on we're just going to go at the kid's pace. We'll get there when we get there. It's not that big of a deal. Like take your time, get, just follow your students will lead you there. They will tell you when they're ready to move on. So the way I think of education is sometimes our goal is to drive from New York to San Francisco. And if you stop and smell the flowers every day along the way, you're <laughs> going to get, get halfway through Kansas and you're never going to get there. You'll never get there. But at the same time, we don't want to just cruise by everything. We need to we need to detour every once in a while. It's good for us. Yeah. But we should always remember that our goal is to go from New York to San Francisco. That's right. Not New York to Arizona, not New York to Kansas, New York to San Francisco. We're making this drive. Absolutely. And so that's where that framework comes in is saying, I have to move on. There is a point where you have to move on. And that's where knowing the difference between essential standards and everything I want to teach you is so important. You always tackle your baseline. You always make sure that if you walk out of this unit, they need to be able to do these things. Those, Those are your essential standards. Yep. And like, I would tell myself, there are some units like stoichiometry and chemistry. The essential standard is, can you tell me what a mole is? Do you understand that not all grams are equivalent? <laughs> I if cannot. you can do those things, then I'm happy. Like, do I want to get into limiting reactants and, you know, this is how baking works and this is how production works on in mass scale. And let's talk about like percent yield and being the best chemist that you can be. Do I want to get into those things? Sure. Am I going to every year? Absolutely not. I love that. I love that. So, okay. So I love what you're saying. And I, and I think I found the show title, support the student to meet the to meet the challenge. Yeah. All absolutely. right. Okay. And Let's so where does, our kids. where does pivot come in? 
through all of this. All right, so let me back this up. Uh, so Pivot is an online science education platform that focuses in active learning. And what's funny is I used Pivot while we were at the school, oh, except cool. it wasn't Pivot back then. It was direct measurement videos. Um, so when I started as a physics teacher, no idea what I'm doing, crying every single day I'm at APSI because I told my APSI instructor, I was like, I can't physics. He's like, yes, you can, Linda. I believe in you. Joe Mancino, bless this man's heart. He <laughs> dealt with me <laughs> for a solid two weeks going, Joe, I have no idea what I'm doing. He's like, you can do it, Linda. I believe in you. Um, but we kept doing all these labs. And I was looking at all this equipment and I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't know where to even get that. Certainly don't know how to make it. I come into my classroom. I have all this physics equipment from the teacher prior. No idea what any of it is. Yeah, sure. I didn't know how to use any of it. I didn't know what to do with any of it. I didn't know how to set up the labs. None of it. And so I found direct measurement video because they had all the labs that I needed set up. And so it was kind of like learning from a mentor teacher. How do I do this thing? So I would watch the video and then turn out I could do all my measurements inside the video. They were these really high quality videos that had measurement tools inside of them. So you had a ruler already in there, a protractor already in there, a stopwatch, and I could make measurements just like I was in the lab, hmm. except you could freeze time down to like the one one thousandth of a second. And so you could see really small, narrow windows of time and make really precise measurements. I was like, oh, this is really cool. So I don't need to have equipment that I don't know how to use that I'm going to get myself hurt with because in science, that's a real risk sure. is if you don't know what you're doing, you can really hurt yourself. And I have answer keys that goes with it. I have this community that works with this stuff. Like I can, I can see what I'm doing. And then over time, there were times where I was like, Hey, we're going to do this lab in person. And then we're going to do this lab online. Okay. And I was really big on having online labs even before COVID because I was like, there are some things that I don't want to set up. I don't want to clean up. I don't have time for this. Like that reaction takes two hours and we have 55 minutes. Right. We do not have the time. We don't have the time or that reaction take uses copper salts and it's really toxic. I'm not putting your life in risk. Yeah. Let's not do that in the high school, please. Yeah, exactly. There were so many, like, so many things that I was just like, either I don't want to buy this chemical, I don't want to put my students at risk, balloon labs, I'm definitely allergic to latex. Straight, you want to talk about the basic equity things. Let's make our spaces safe for our students by not putting toxic things inside of our classroom like latex, which is the most common allergy known to man at oh, this point. Didn't know that. Like, let's just stop putting latex inside of our inside of our buildings. Really simple. But that means you can't have balloons. Yeah, I'm aware. That balloon can <laughs> kill me. <sighs> Every year. <laughs> okay, so, so... Those things. That's why I started using Pivot was all the problems that I had instantly solved online. All they needed was a Chromebook. Okay, so is Pivot like a subscription service? Is it a... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yep. yeah. And I guess it's a it's, subscription service. It's for high school science. It's seventh grade through college. 
and it provides over 500 unique lab opportunities for students. They're completely editable, adjustable for the students' needs, which is my favorite part, because we talk about scripted curriculum. Districts love buying scripted curriculum, and then you can't change anything in them right. because they're right. already printed. They're handed to you in a booklet, and they're like, here, go do this thing. And I'm like, but I want to do it slightly differently. Well, you can't. It's printed. You have to do it exactly as it is, not with Pivot. I can oh, cool. go in there and click that edit button and be like, I want to change this word. I want to delete this question. I want to add my own question. It's completely editable. So I could tweak it to my teaching style every single time. Uh-huh. And with a huge community of teachers, a lot of times I didn't really need to because I could just go to another teacher and be like, hey, did you do this? Yeah. Can I see what you did? Because we teach really similar. And now I'm only tweaking one question. Yep. Notice I still said I'm tweaking something mm-hmm. because I'm a perfectionist. But <laughs> what I like, I like about this, mindset. what I like about this from a leadership standpoint is if you give me something that's vetted, something that's research-based, something that will make life easier for my teachers because they don't have to recreate the wheel, then then if it makes life easier for my teachers, then my teachers can focus on more other things. And I would, and I would dare say more important things. Um, You know, the relationship piece, the uh, maybe focusing on their own, mental health um and not you know not have to be stressed out all the time about trying to recreate like you said like recreate the wheel and yeah so yeah no i like it and what i love too was that like so my last year at the high school i don't know if you were counting i missed 21 days this was pre-covid too so i missed 21 days before covid happened um and there was I was out for two weeks. I had an emergency surgery in the middle of the school year. I left labs for my students during those two weeks. And the only reason I was able to leave labs for my students to do as sub work was because I had something like pivot. And so you knew kids were actually learning. Exactly. (laughs) I could leave work and know that it was relevant it's not a crossword puzzle or a word search we're not watching mythbusters to check yep. a box yep yep we are doing a lab and you're actually learning something from it like mind blowing that hmm. was so important to me to have those opportunities no matter if i'm there or not and that's what i love is that And you find those tools like that and you can say like, I can use this for my labs. I can use this for my quizzes. I can use this to introduce something, anything across the board. I can use this. This was part of my arsenal. And like you said, being able to just pull it out. Yeah. And like you said, you, you can, you can pull out the equity piece too, because now you've got supports. Um, You'll talk, talk to that. So, and that's the cool thing. So one of the big things behind an IEP and a 504 when you are making an equitable instance inside of your classroom it's really important that it's not obvious so if you have a student who has a need you can't just shout out to the class like (laughs) oh yeah everybody timmy gets a different assignment than everybody else so timmy go get the red paper at the front of the classroom (laughs) that's what you're gonna do yeah 
kid you not, I had mentor teachers do that. And I was just like, that doesn't feel right. No, that's, that's not when right. You, that's because it, it it's not. <laughs> it's not right. But when you're working in an online environment, you can modify an activity, assign that activity to only that student, make it personalized for that kid. And nobody needs to know. That's right. Because through Google Classroom and online softwares like Pivot, I can go in there and say, you know what? Timmy has a reading disability. He reads a lot slower than other students. I'm not saying that he's not going to read. Sure. He's just going to read less. Sure. So we're going to modify this activity and we're going to cut it down so that I'm focusing on the part that he really needs to focus on. And you know what? Susie is learning English and she's doing an awesome job, but I feel like this passage may be just outside of her English ability. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this passage in her native language and I'm going to put it with the English passage because she's the kind of kid that will read it in her native language and then read it in English. And she will learn more sure, doing sure. that than if I just translated it. Yeah. I love that. And you can do those things so quickly because they're online. Mm -hmm. If you can copy and paste, you can modify an activity. Who would have thought it? <laughs> like it takes control C, control V and a delete key to do a lot of things in the internet world. Well, that's if you're a Mac user. Hey, no. <laughs> control is Windows. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Huh. My bad. I was the only teacher who still had a Windows computer, and I'm sure as soon as I left, they turned that thing into a Mac. They Guaranteed. did. Yes, they, they did. did. They did. Oh. They did. Fuck. Okay, Miss Linda, <laughs> um, we've talked a lot about um, equity today, and we talked about Pivot. We talked about how Pivot um, can try to, I guess, level that equity gap that we definitely see within our classrooms. Um, so I want to make sure that before we jet out of here, that you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you, um, either to talk to you about Pivot, or maybe it's just to talk, just to pick your brain about some of the amazing stuff we've talked about tonight. So absolutely, how can so, folks get a hold of you? So um, I'm not on Twitter, though technically I am. Uh, Pivot's on Twitter. We're at Pivot underscore IS, but I am all over Facebook. So I am an admin for National Chemistry Teachers, National NGSS Physics Teachers, uh, National Earth and Space Science Teachers, ANP, National Anatomy and Physiology Teachers. I am in every science education Facebook group that I can probably think of. I'm also one of the administrators for National, uh, National AP Physics Teachers. I've got like seven of these groups at this point. Oh, wow. Um, I have bit.ly links on a lot of the groups that take you straight to my office hours. I offer office hours every Tuesday through Thursday, pretty much all day long, 15 minute sessions, completely free. Come in, let's chat. Whether it's, I need help teaching science, or I just need a teacher to listen to me. They can tell me that I'm going to survive. Like that's what I'm here for. And that's what I love about my job is that, yeah, I'm, I'm no longer in the classroom. I spend my whole day helping teachers to be better teachers. I spend my whole day going to teachers and telling them like, oh, you want to teach reactions? I know a really awesome reaction, whether it's with Pivot or not. Like, I'm not here to just tout the product all day long. I love Pivot. It's what I do. But I love teaching and yes. I love science. 
So I want to help you be a better science teacher, no matter where you are, what you're doing. Man, that's awesome. So, okay. So I'm, I may need to sign up for a couple of these online office hours. Um, <laughs> Cause I know nothing about teaching now. Hold on. I taught fourth grade science, but um, I don't know anything about teaching high school science. So I'm signing I up. I will say I taught sixth grade science. And let me tell you the difference between high school and middle school science in one anecdote. We were teaching rivers because the way our middle school did science was we did thematic units between all of the courses. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Amazing. Yeah, love it. And love so that. we were learning about Egypt in history class. And so they were reading about Egypt in English class. And that means I'm teaching you about rivers and deltas. And so I have a flood table in my classroom filled with potting soil that has the little white BBs in it. It's all mixed up. Open the door, a little sixth grade boy comes running in. He goes, <laughs> Oreos, shoves his oh, hand no. into the dirt, pops it into his mouth, chews and swallows before I could stop him. And he looks at me with this just distraught <laughs> face. And he goes, that wasn't cookies. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. No, it was not. <laughs> okay, so on that, um miss linda that that was a great story um and i can actually see that but i'm going to oh, yeah. uh, i'm going to end us out uh, because we have talked about a lot of wonderful stuff tonight uh, we've talked quite a bit about supporting the student to meet the challenge but we've also talked about um let's see a 300 day cruise which I think sounds oh. phenomenal. Um, that would be amazing. You know, they've got some really good cruise offers, so you might want to check into that. Yeah, I might. I feel like if I was on a cruise for 300 days, like I might not want to come back. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Okay, so to my Big Ed Idea podcast listeners, thank you once again for um, spending your time with Miss Linda and I. We really, really appreciate it. Um, I love the fact that you, um, just care enough that you want to sit through the episode. So thank you very, very much. Um, and as always, if you have an idea that you would like to talk about, hit me up. Um, I am on Twitter at Ryan C Scott, 1981, or you can find me on Instagram at Ryan Scott, 1981. Um, hopefully fingers crossed by the time this show airs, uh, my website, Ryan Scott, Ed dot com will be operational um so yeah let's connect let's talk uh let's change the world and um like my grandpa always said every time i'd leave his house i'll see you in the funny paper Thank you for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion, and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.